Digital. Student-centered. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Chia Dachi, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. So hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Tales of Teaching Online and today I'm sitting with Associate Professor Darcy Taylor, Director Learning Design at Deakin University and she's recently led a university-wide learning and teaching project called Integrated Learning which has just completed and so I'm very excited to be able to talk to her about this hot topic today. Welcome Darcy. Thanks yeah thanks for having me today. Fabulous. So to start with, could we start by talking a little bit about who you are as a scholar, as a person, as a project lead for this um, big project? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Um, So my role at Deakin is the Director of Learning Design, um, and really that role is to provide that strategic direction around learning design across the whole of uh, of Deakin, but also providing that operational and practical advice um, to staff uh, and, and colleagues to really support that and promote that curriculum innovation across the whole of the university. Um, I've been in higher ed for about 20 years, I guess, um, in a number of different roles, professional roles, academic roles. So I very very much kind of see myself as being able to cross those boundaries between um, those traditional kind of roles um, and really valuing um, the expertise and the experience that, um, you know, all, all staff in the university bring to support teaching and learning. So I've been a tutor, I've been a research assistant, I've been an academic manager, um, I've been a language and learning skills advisor, a curriculum designer uh, and and a lecturer. And my original discipline area was in psychology. So I started off teaching in that area. But as I was teaching, I was realising that I didn't feel in myself that I had the the pedagogical kind of understanding and the skills to really um, support my students' learning. So I went on to do um, a grad cert in higher ed and then a diploma in secondary education, which I really think um, grounded me in um, kind of that evidence-based practice and and gave me the confidence to kind of, um, yeah, teach, I guess. So I got more and more interested in the education side of things. Um, and really, that's where I found myself over the last um, yeah couple of years and really enjoying um, doing that. I think part of that experience led also into um, a, an interest in how students fit within that curriculum and, and how we enable students to have agency within the learning experiences that we create. And that's really led to um, my research interest in um, students' personal goals as part of my um, my PhD. So I've been um, looking at uh, exploring um, barriers and enablers to students' personal goals um, and also the emotional um, uh, overlay of, of those um, of those goals and how how students' emotions can really, um, push them to do certain things and, and, and not do things within higher ed. So um, using that social realist framework to kind of understand what those barriers and enablers are and, and to really explore as well that, um, yeah, I guess the, the, the emotional embodied aspect of, of those goals. So that's the things that kind of keep me busy um, uh, at the moment. I guess the other thing that I'm interested in in terms of my research area is um, the capability building 
um, of, of our staff. So, you know, we do lots of um, capability building activities and create resources um, and, you know, really asking people and bringing people along on that journey to change their practice. And I'm really interested in how, what the lived experience of, of that is for our staff. So um, we can understand and, and find um, ways that, that support staff and bring them along on the journey and, and, and make sure that, you know, they feel that they've got um, ownership over their own teaching identity and, and direction that they're, they're moving in. So that's really another area of, uh, of interest for me um, in um, my scholarly activities. Um, but when I'm not working, I love going to the beach and camping um, and, uh, and cooking and running if I don't have any injuries. So, um, yeah, that probably wraps up um, uh, myself. Beautiful. And this is just wonderful to hear that I see in a nutshell as well. And I've worked with you uh, as a privilege, I think, for the last seven years. But you have done a lot of um, excellent work around curriculum design and capacity building and for the university. And so really um, fantastic to have you on this uh, podcast talking about the project in particular and so let's shift our focus to talking about this project in particular the integrated learning could you tell us a little bit about the background to what this project was about and so its aim and why this project was so important for Deakin yeah um so that's right the integrated learning project um took up most of my time last year uh, and it actually was part of a larger piece of work that we um, called the Deacon Design Program of Work and, and the Integrated Learning Project was one part of that and then the Reimagining Exams Project was, was another part of it led by um, Kelly Nicola Richmond. So the brief, I guess, or, or, or the aim or what we were trying to do with the um, whole Deacon Design Program of Work was building on our existing expertise in teaching and learning and particularly in digital education, we wanted to leverage our experiences from that COVID disruptor um, and, and see where that would lead us in the next phase of, of our teaching and learning journey. So we wanted to kind of harness that COVID disruptor hear about what people's experiences were, staff and students' experiences during that time, um, and see how we could use that to um, uh, create new opportunities for us to extend um, and, and move us forward in the way that we thought about teaching and learning. So um, we wanted to, um, I guess, hear about innovations that people, um, staff were, were doing um, during um, during the COVID uh, disruptor, we wanted to hear about challenges, we wanted to hear about successes, things that were working well that staff didn't think would work well, things that um, staff were trialling that um, didn't work so well and that they wanted to, to kind of stop doing that. Um, and we also wanted to hear about what was the student experience like during that time. Um, so we really saw this as an opportunity to continue, um, yeah, the, the evolution of teaching and learning at Deakin. So building on our, our past experience, but leveraging the COVID disruptor as an opportunity um, to, to reimagine what our teaching and learning would look like um, in this post-COVID um, world. So we wanted to create some um, guidelines, some principles and practices that would underpin the design of our learning experiences um, so that we could ensure that we prepared our students to thrive in the post-COVID rapidly changing digital world. 
um, and really to help us to continue to achieve um, and, and strive towards our ambition to be Australia's most progressive university. So it was a continuum. It was kind of like um, we are always innovating and, and moving forward in teaching and learning at Deakin, and this was like a unique opportunity for us to um use that COVID disruptor and the way that people were rethinking, were forced to kind of rethink teaching and learning um, and pull those experiences together to build our new model um, moving forward. Um, so the principles and practices um, really underpin our uh, approach to learning design. The integrated learning project itself had a I guess a specific um, slant on it where it wanted to push us to think a little bit beyond traditional notions of what blended learning was so thinking about just on campus and off campus in a traditional kind of a blended model we wanted to push ourselves further and think well what else what what could that look like if we thought um, maybe more sophisticated um, thinking around that um, just some, some other uh, ways that we might want to think about that, that blend. Um, and we started really asking the questions about, well, how are we integrating things around physical dimensions, digital dimensions, um, but also those um, human connections? Um, and this and has really come out, I guess, in, in the, the principles and practices that we've, um, that we've developed. I should say the other really important part of this work was the way that we approached the process, the way that we did it. So it was very much um, underpinned by wanting to have a ground up partnership approach to the, to the piece of work. Um, so as I said, we wanted to hear about what people's experiences were, students and staff experiences were over the last little while, but also draw on their expertise that, that um, you know, that, that happened or that they already had previous, uh, previously. So we created a suite of lots and lots of different types of um, uh, engagement activities where our staff and students could be involved in. Um, it was all done online, but we created, um, you know, live um, interactive sort of sessions where people could um, share their experiences. Um, they could do it um, on demand at a time that sort of suited them via different um, uh, online um, platforms and, and things that we'd created. So it very much was um, listening to what people were saying, listening to what they wanted um, for or the way that they saw the future of teaching and learning Deakin. So we combined all of um, the, the, the thoughts and the ideas from our staff and students with horizon scanning activities. So we were beavering away in the background as well as a project team um, attending conferences, really looking what were those emerging trends at, across the sector. And we were also then drawing on um, the scholarly literature um, to kind of triangulate the things we were hearing from staff and students, the things that we were seeing in, um, in the horizon scanning activities, and then going back to the literature um, to make sure that we had an evidence base um, for the themes, um, you know, that were kind of coming up that we would move them forward into to the principles and the practices. So we ended up with kind of a draft of these um, and then we took them back to the, to the Deakin community to get feedback. And so it was a really iterative process um, over um, the, the whole year really um, to end where we have with the principles and practices. So we kind of think that we've ended up with this community kind of driven, evidence-informed, um, practice-led um, um, series of um, yeah, principles and practices. 
And that's been a sort of very unique aspect of this project, hasn't it, Darcy, that Deakin not only engaged with the Horizon Scan Literature Review, but really involved the community and progressed this work. So it's kind of both reflexive and reflective in the way that this design principles were emerging out of all this engagement. And so that's really uh, kudos to you and then the project team to lead this project in such a way that was so iterative and collaborative. And so just going, and you beautifully covered all the aspects of the questions that I was going to ask you. So I'm kind of honing into this notion of post-digital context and post-COVID. And I tend to hesitate in using that term, post-COVID, <laughs> that it's not yet over and then other um, crises might come. But um, in terms of looking at what other universities are doing also in this post-digital context, what does that blended or hybrid or hyperflex or integrated learning in our term as well might look like and drawing on those learning design principles and practices that you have drawn and created with the university what's your sense in terms of where we are going and you started talking about breaking the boundaries of physicals and digitals but also going into the human connection elements. What does that look like? Mike, would you like to share a little bit more view around that? Yeah, um, it is a nervousness around using that word post-COVID. And I remember in, in, you know, in the consultations with staff, someone said post-COVID, you know, is that going to be a thing? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I kind of hope it is. But um, I think... Um, and then just coming back to your your um, your point about post digital, the way that we're using that post digital lens here is really thinking about a more critical approach to the way that we use digital. So it's not thinking about post digital in terms of a timeline. It's thinking about how we use digital in a critical sort of reflexive way. So one of our principles is around digital and we are calling that out as um, a key kind of design element for, for, for us, but we want to make sure that we are um, reflecting on the way that we are using digital to, to ensure that it actually enables and supports student success. So um, it's no point, um, you know, having all of these digital tools if students actually can't use them to collaborate with, with others and to, um, you know, achieve the, the, the um, oh, I guess, you know, allow that digital to, to actually support their, their learning rather than it being a, bar a barrier. So, um, Post digital to us is more of that, uh, more of that, taking that critical approach of it within the context of, of these new principles. Um, in terms of kind of that integrated learning, we've we've kind of used that actually as a, as another one of our design principles, and and we're really thinking about the sequencing of the way that we design these learning experiences. Um, still thinking about where those um, activities might happen, whether they're in an online environment or an on-campus environment or, um, you know, in the workplace, uh, um, wherever it might be, but thinking um, a little bit harder about the places and the spaces um, that that learning might happen in and um, really taking that idea of um, the complementary nature of the different types of affordances and how we design um, we design that um, into our uh, 
learning activities and learning experiences. Um, so there's there is lots of talk on the horizon about kind of high flex and 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 hybrid and you know there are lots of terms and people are using them interchangeably, um, which actually causes quite a bit of confusion because we don't know what each other is talking about. Um, in terms of, um, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I guess we've ended up calling it integrated, and we're trying to create a shared language within Deakin at least about what that integrated. Um, what actual integration means. Um, and part of that does include those things like dual delivery or hybrid, or whatever people are calling it about, you know, having students um, both on campus and in, in the room and also uh, online. But I think we want to be really smart in the way that we design for those um, experiences and really make sure that we've got um, that capability building and support for staff who are going to be teaching in those environments um, to make sure that students excel no matter what mode they, they're, they're in. And I really like how you started to use the languages like times, spaces, and um, that cross-boundary sort of nature of the affordances. And that really prompts us to think about the barriers also because time and place are relative to how we conceptualise and how students are positioned to interact with these kind of concepts and mm. constructs as well. So it's really interesting going into that sort of space. Mm. Um, the other interesting aspect, the unique aspect of these learning design principles is that they're framed around learning experiences of the students, right? Did you want to say something about that and then how unique it is? Yeah, so um, we did choose that language specifically um, or purposefully, I should say, and it probably does reflect that, that blurring of those boundaries. So when we think about um, sort of learning activities that we create, we sort of think maybe about more of that formal learning and that, that formalised kind of curriculum, but we know that there is that bleeding towards the informal type of learning. Um, and um, we wanted to use the word learning experience to kind of encompass the whole holistic student experience. So um, it's the way that students experience feedback. It's the way that they experience um, assessment. It's the way that they um, experience those informal opportunity, learning opportunities that might be on campus or in um, our online spaces. So we wanted learning experiences to be more um, broader and more all-encompassing um, and aligns to that holistic view of the student um, of the student learning um, experience. So yeah, we, we specifically chose that language to, to have more of an expansive and holistic approach to, to the way that we think about learning. Fabulous. You can just tell that you've been in this headspace for a long <laughs> while now. <laughs> and we learned a lot just by talking to you, Darcy. I know this has been a more than a year project. And to talk about that in a 10, 15 minute span is really hard, but we learned a lot so far. So thank you so much for that. And what's the next step then after this project, you know, that's been concluded? What's the future plan? Where to from here? Yeah, so at the moment, the new um, principles and practices have just been um, incorporated into our policy. So I think one of the exciting things about this is that that, that ground up approach has 
feed into the policy development and also our teaching and learning strategy. So um, I'm really proud, I guess, that that we've ended up at this point at this um, or here at this particular point in time. So we're currently, um, I guess, raising awareness of the final versions of the principles. Um, We're talking to our staff and students about, about those and we're really inviting people to think about what the principles mean to them. Um, We're really keen to get staff to think about um, how they look in their particular um, discipline area, in their particular teaching context, and to have that sense of agency and ownership over, uh, over how they enact those principles. We've also just launched our seeding grant scheme to encourage um, staff to apply those new principles in innovative ways. Um, And we're really looking to create a community of practice from the recipients of the seeding grant um, and sharing their practice to to inspire others. And we'll be um, sharing those stories over the coming months um, across Deakin and also uh, externally. We've also got the suite of kind of capacity building resources and materials that that surround these principles and support our staff to to transition um, their teaching practice uh, towards these, but also thinking about how we embed these principles in our normal business as usual um, course design processes and also quality assurance processes so that we can enable that we take, ensure that we've taken that sustainable approach um, to embedding the principles. Um, yeah, so that's a few things that are kind of on the radar. Uh, just a few the- things <laughs> on the horizon. And so you can just tell that this is not the end of the project. Yeah. It was just the launching of yeah. those principles and practices that you have come to. Um, but the real work starts now in terms of really enacting. Yeah, and it's really about bringing the principles and practices back to people. I mean, they came from our Deakin community. So now it's bringing them back and providing those supports to enable them to kind of enact them um, and, and start using them um, in their conversations and to guide their, their teaching practice. So, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a feedback loop um, in, in a sense now, um, mm. kind of bringing them back, uh, yeah, over the next little while. And we're looking forward to hearing more about how that's going with people experimenting and implementing those design principles into their practice. Thanks very much, Darcy. So that's at the end of all my questions that I had so far. Any other final thoughts that you'd like to share with the community? Um, I guess really just that I'm proud of where we've landed with these and, and really um, yeah, feel privileged to be involved in this particular project and then, um, you know, in, involved in kind of driving this at, at Deakin. So I'm really excited to see how it plays out over the next uh, couple of years and, and continuing that conversation with um, our Deakin staff and student community and the broader community um, uh, and see where, where they take us. And congratulations once again, Darcy. It's been a massive project that you led so beautifully with the community. And I too look forward to hearing more about it. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Darcy. Thanks so much.